Good evening and welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, and psychic medium Stephanie Burke. Stephanie, fresh off her appearance today on the Bartcast. Over, hold on, let me turn that on. Yeah, I'm very out of pre- One week off and I'm screwed. That's what happens is I take one week off to go to Plymouth Paracon and now I don't know how to do radio anymore. That's okay, I'll forgive you. But uh, yes, today you were on the Bartcast on Elgab. That was, I was. Your, your first experience into the Elgab fray. You know, the way that you made it seem was that it was going to be terrifying, but I actually had a really good time. Well, PBS and Dynamo are both very good hosts. They're awesome. They were so nice to me. WR makes that whole show run. Even though he was sick today, he couldn't really talk. I know. He actually told me he had a bad cold, and we talked a little bit before I um, I went live, and I, um, I had a great time talking with PBS and Dynamo, and they had excellent questions. We were just talking about that before I hung up, that it was a great interview, and I thanked uh, Bart L for having me on. So I'll thank I told him again. you. I told you at the beginning to make sure that you praised Bart L and, and everybody would love you. And, and see, you were worried. You thought I was setting you up for something. Well, you know, you never know because we've been through some crazy adventures. So. But it, but it, it worked. You praised Bart L. They welcomed you into the fold. I hope so. You, you, you don't want to. You don't want to turn into Tim Dennis on the uh, on, no. on the old L Gab. What happened? Uh, Tim Dennis. Uh, he's kind of uh, persona non grata over there now. So yeah. Yeah, so uh, speaking of which, uh, I got to do another True Crime Tuesday. Um, Did you? Yep. How did it go? It was good, good. So you can check that out. But And if you want to hear Stephanie on the BartCast and you missed it, just go to lgab.com, E-L-L-G-A-B.com, or you can get it wherever really podcasts are found. They put it all over the place. the BartCast.com, too. That's how I found yeah, it. Yeah, but they have the their own site ones. for it, yeah. Yep. But you can you can just find it, too, like wherever you get your podcast from. But uh, I recommend listening to it live on Saturdays on LGAB so you can chat with everybody. Or on the BarkCast right, site, too. They also have the chat there. But uh, you can really get into some of Stephanie's deep history listening to that. So Yeah, there was a lot. You were telling some stories that I've never heard before. Really? So, yeah. Well, never heard you tell on the radio before. I feel like... Um, Things you've told me, but that you just didn't yeah. feel comfortable telling publicly before. Well, I did. So you can check those out there as well. And uh, and we also want to introduce, we have a, a guest in the studio today. We have uh, Lee Hazel in here with us, a, a friend of Matt's. And I just want to know, like, do you really think that now every friend of Matt is all in this room all at the same time? <laughs> Probably. Unless <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt's paying you all to be his friend. How, well, Who yeah, knows? well, as long as the check clears. How long have you guys known each other? Uh, four years, give or take, yeah. yeah. And, and I, how, how did you meet him? Uh, I met Matt, uh, September 20th, 2014. Um, I went across, you probably said where I'm, I'm from London, and I went to the Experience Speak conference in Portland in Maine. Uh, didn't know a soul there. And it was a long weekend, basically. It was a two, three-day conference. And I went across on my own and um, met Matt on the first night. <laughs> so I came down the stairs, uh, got ready, foolishly booked myself on the VIP night at 6 o'clock, and my plane didn't land until 4 o'clock. Oh, wow. Which was, that was a smart move. Um, and I basically uh, rushed up to the hotel room, got showered, I think, changed, came down, and Matt was at the bottom of the stairs and said, did you want to lift to the VOP? And I said, yeah, go on then. And then the rest is history. You so got in a car with this creep? 
<laughs> well, if you well it worried, was at gunpoint on my head. I was say, but, if you were worried about making it on time and he was driving, you had no concerns. No, you'd be but, 15 minutes early. I mean, to be honest, I was so jet-lagged. I would have I got in the car of anyone. But, but, and then on the way to the VIP night, um, Matt was telling me about his experiences in England and Matt had stayed in places near where I was from and so we just kind of hit it off. And kind of instant friends. Yeah, I think so. What they call fast friends. It's very rare that Moniz makes fast friends. Because well, yeah. usually he's very standoffish <laughs> with people and yeah. he has to, yeah. you know, he needs to get to know them first before he trusts them. Yeah. So I mean, the muck that he's put on my Facebook timeline, he's, <laughs> he's lucky I'm still around, to be honest. But. <laughs> <laughs> he's been pretty good at spilling your own muck. Well, you know, yeah. As they say, I, where, where there's muck, there's luck. There you go. There so, you go. and and you're and you're interested in in UFOs? Is that of kind course. of your primary? Yeah, that's the primary reason for going out there. I I've had a massive interest in ufology since a small child. Um, watching Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, growing up, my mum collected a magazine called The Unexplained. So me and my mum was so I get my paranormal side from my mum definitely. Um, so it just sort of like grew from there really, and then. And then I saw that I, I would go to the UFO um, disclosure conferences in the UK, but they were just so low key. Mm-hmm. And then I sort of met a couple of friends from there, and they said, "Oh, you know, we always go to America. You know, the biggest and best conferences are in America." And I thought, "Yeah, okay, you know, everyone knows that." Um, so next thing I know, I'm sort of searching the internet for UFO conferences in sort of the East Coast, and and um, saw experiences speak. It, it was the logo that stuck out for me and it, sure, fact, yeah. and it was a fact that all the speakers were experiencers they wasn't sort of you know just authors or right. like plugging themselves for this or that or the other they were all experiences and i thought well that looks different and then i went on youtube and saw the 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 year prior uh the conference prior because that was on youtube and I thought there's some big names and travis walton's on there and mm-hmm. peter robbins and i thought well, let's, well why not let's just do it it's, and at the time I was just about to go for a divorce, and I thought, so let's just sort of, let's try and put something positive in sure, in my yeah. head. <laughs> UFOs, <laughs> we call that positive, but <laughs> hey, w- so, whatever, whatever gets your mind uh, off what you're going so through. So yeah. it was, yeah, I was going, yeah. So it was an amicable divorce, but it was still, I thought, well, let's just let's just do it. And I think it was just in the stars, as they say. And I I met Matt and so, the Hewin sisters and. Um, the whole Starborn support collective group, mm-hmm. and then after a couple of days there, I was invited to the lake house. Um, so, and we did the sky watch, and it was just it was just amazing. I went home thinking, oh, you know, thinking you know, something really special has been dropped on my lap here. Absolutely, and, uh, really, and truly, and and you know, this, this guy here is just an amazing guy. And what's funny um, is all the people that were part of that conference and that are usually part of that conference were all people that were kind of brought into each other's lives kind of in the same way. Yeah. So it's not like, hey, let's just go look up people that are UFO people that we would like mm-hmm. to have at this conference. They're all interconnected with each other. Sure. They've all been cro- – their journeys have crossed over the course of, of yeah. time and in, in, yeah. they're all part of each other's stories. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah they're all sort of, it's like a little network <laughs> within. But um, I literally – I. So I looked online, thought, well, this one looks all right, and it was a Sunday, and I thought, well, I'll go into the garden, um, and I emailed a woman who's, who's running called Audrey Hewins, I didn't know at the time, so I sent her an email, went back in for us, make a quick cup of tea, 
by the time I got back in the garden, she'd replied and said, oh, yeah, yeah, you come on over, you know, we'd love to have you. And so, so we replied, you know, four or five times within the hour, I think it was. And I thought by nightfall, I thought, you know, I'm going. That's it, you know. It's, it's, it's just to just do it, you know. Um, and, and now uh, you're part of their story, the th- too. And, well, hope so. I've <laughs> so played a part. But, well, I mean, all, my brother isn't into the paranormal at all, so he was goading me the whole time and, you know, saying, you know, you've really done it this time, you know. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going all the way to America for a conference for, you know, alien abductees, you know. It's, uh, you know, is this a slur upon the family name? You know, jokingly, you know. Sure, but, yeah, yeah. So, um, but still, yeah. I mean, so, so I come home and shot him. So, you know, <laughs> but and uh, and now he's a ghost, and now he can, yeah, now, now I, you know, and now I, him, now yeah. I speak to him through the Ouija board. But um, but that's how it began, and sort of, you know, I've I've had a really brilliant relationship with Matt ever since. Yeah. Well, he always speaks very highly of you. So, oh, thank you. So uh, maybe 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 you need to write him a few checks too, just like we have to. The, uh, the well, it's not just UFOs he's into. He's also uh, experienced ghost hunting over there. And true. You you've had a couple of places that you've checked out for me. That's true, actually. Yeah, oh, you uh, went to the cemetery yeah. in uh, in London. Um, what's the name of it now? Highgate, I think it was. Yeah. Highgate Cemetery. Um, so I went there and, uh, Matt said, we can, can take some photos, which I did. And that cemetery alone was, it's just full of crypts and, are you familiar with the cemetery or? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I went there. I was the first time I'd ever been there and I'm born and raised in London and the cemetery split into two, east and west. And one side, uh, I mean, Karl Marx is in there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, one side you can't get in. And the other side, you can only get in with a guide. And so you oh. pay, I think it was £12. I think. Like, it took us all round and basically, you know, he's got keys to everywhere. And it's just, it was like something out of a video game. It, you know, just all these crypts and sort of skulls and all this. Yeah, and it was it was an eye-opener. It, was, it really was. No, that's my kind so, of place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when we all go over there to visit you, that's some place we all have to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I think that... Um, you know, we spent some time last weekend in a, in a cemetery, too. We did. And uh, we're going to get into what happened last weekend, for sure, for the listeners who, uh, who uh, you know, didn't know where we were. We were at the Plymouth Paracon last weekend. We had... I, we're, I can't play the whole video on the show because it just wouldn't be good radio, but it's all up there on our Spooky South Coast page. Uh, if you go to SpookySouthCoast.com or look on our Facebook page or check out our Twitter, you'll see the link to it. Uh, but we had a, a very interesting session of spirit communication we did that we will get into but we also went up to the, you know burial hill is in plymouth and that's where all the pilgrims uh you know that's mm-hmm. where they started burying the bodies uh, after the first winter and when we were there we were there twice at night don't we go were. up there without permission people we had permission kind of so when uh, <laughs> it's part of, that's part of the spirit communication that we had yeah but when when you're in a place like that that ha- a cemetery that has that kind of a history like it's it's really easy to forget that it's there, that there's bodies buried underneath you. It's more just like the historical value of being mm. there that you forget that there's that, that there's yeah. people and that this is their final yeah. resting place. Yeah, it's probably the same there. I would well, assume. Well, one of the yeah, one of the my ex-wife was uh, heavily into ghost hunting. She would go on this website called um, Fright Night 
or frightnights.co.uk. She would go with her sister. And so I went along to a couple of events and my brother-in-law at the time would go as well. One of the places that we went to was in Greenwich, which is in London. And it was the old Royal Navy Hospital. Mm-hmm. So there are hundreds and hundreds. It's like a mass burial pit. Ooh. Yeah. So it's, um, they got sort of the sailors or the, the ex Navy guys. And then there's another layer and there's a, another layer. It's like a huge burial pit under there. So we did, um, at the end of the night, we did, uh, not so quite a Ouija board. They, they brought us back. Um, I mean, Lord Nelson's body was laid out in this place. I mean, you know, um, so they said they brought us into this sort of cellar room and so we had a table and a glass and they said, oh, can you, you know, just concentrate, see if you can make the glass move. And so the four of us were doing it and then, you know, jokingly, let's take it seriously. So, and then this glass did actually start moving Mm. and I'm looking at my brother-in-law. He, yeah, the same. he's looking at me. He's like, I'm not, I'm not doing this. You know, it must be. You no, know, I'm not doing. You know, and then we had this sort of weird conversation. You know, going back backwards and forwards through the glass that we contacted this um, uh, ex uh, captain, if you like. So he died two hundred years ago. Um, he's still in the room, and I asked him, you know, did you die? disease he said yes you you know and i asked him i actually asked him did you watch your own burial which is <laughs> and he said yes oh, he wow. had children and just a series of yes and no's moving the glass and we you know we, we worked out the year that he died and um but it was, it was driving home that was quite an eye-opener as well but but i also went to, are you familiar with a place called 35 stonegate no, I don't think so. It's a well-known um, paranormal ghost hotspot in York, which is in Yorkshire. And um, my ex-wife really wanted to go there. I mean, this building is hundreds and hundreds of years old, you know. It's, um, so there was probably about 20 people in this building. And we were all in the cellar. And um, it's probably... No much bigger than this room we're in now. So the guy that was congregating at all just basically got got us all to join a circle. Uh, we're all holding hands in a circle, and, he, and he's and he's saying, you know, I want you all to chant darker, darker, darker. He said, we want to ch- ch- chant this way. I thought, okay, I'm sure there could be better things I'm doing tonight. But so, <laughs> so and he's saying, oh, well, I can see, you know, a, a spirit's coming down the stairs, and it's, you know, he's entering, he's going to enter the room, and you know. And he's now talking to the spirits, and I want this spirit to walk around the circle, and I want you to select one person, and and can you sort of slowly push that one person into the centre of the circle? And I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. And then all of a sudden, I felt this sort of massive force in my back pushing me inwards, and me being stubborn, thought, no, no, you don't, mate. I'm pushing back, and I'm still holding the hands of the people next to me, so I sort of level back a bit, and this huge force, it, it felt like a set of hands, but it wasn't hands, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. on the top of my back, pushing me into the middle, and I'm dragging the people <laughs> left and right with me, <laughs> and all this guy is just shouting, keep the circle, keep the circle, it's like, uh, that's, and so, yeah, it, I couldn't, you know, thought, you know that's... Yeah, I couldn't explain that. That's that's one of those times when when you when you actually get touched like that, when you mm. actually have that physical mm. 
physical interaction, you know, that's when you really can't deny anymore that that there's something there. And there was nothing other than a brick wall behind me, about a foot behind me. Nothing, there's no trickery or, you know. I I always say, like, we can show people all the evidence that we want, all Mm. the, you know, video footage, photographs, play audio, whatever, but until they feel that sensation and they realize that there's nobody there, that's that's what's really going to convince people. Yeah. It would convince me. <laughs> well, I got my money's worth. <laughs> I'd say so. I'd say so. Uh, yeah. We we didn't. I don't think that. Um, I don't. Do we have anybody that got really touched last weekend? You touched border. Yeah, but that was on purpose. I know. Um, I don't know. That was because I was told to. You did. You were. You were told to. I don't keep teasing it. We'll get into that too. I feel like such a radio guy. That's all coming up later on in the show. <laughs> um, I don't know if anybody. Oh, Doogie. Doogie did. Remember when I was saying tap, tap? Oh, right, right. He kept getting tapped on his hand. Again, we'll get into all that later on in the program. Stay tuned. But um, I do want to say, too, while, we, while we're talking about uh, some international ghost stories, we do have a big international audience. And people listen to us around the world. And, of course, we want everybody to watch us on Spooky TV at SpookySouthCoast.com. If you're new to the program and you're just listening to the first for the first time, we have... In studio cameras, all around, so you can see all of us as we're talking. It's uh, it's kind of creepy, but people seem to like it. And you can watch the show, and you can interact with us in the chat room. We also want to let you know that uh, if you are in the chat room with us, we do have super chat turned on. However, tonight it's not going to a charity, so if you use super chat, it goes to us. So any donations that you make through super chat will go to the Spooky Crew to help us uh, put on this show, and then uh, also. We have a brand new partnership that we can announce tonight. Now, those of you who know and have been listening to the Dark Matter Digital Network, you know that we've been on Dark Matter since the very beginning. They rebroadcast our show. I think it's Tuesday nights at 7.30. So you can always get and a bunch of other times, too. So you can always hear Spooky South Coast if you miss it on the Dark Matter Digital Network. And, of course, we have podcasts and, and video archives and all that stuff, too. But starting tonight, we are broadcasting under an all-new format on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. So if you have the Paranormal Radio app already on your phone, because you're using that to listen to Midnight in the Desert, you're using that to listen to Coast to Coast AM, maybe you're listening to some classic Art Bell, maybe you're listening to Spaced Out Radio, all these different shows that are out there, all these different networks that are out there. If you're listening to Paranormal Radio through the Paranormal Radio app on Saturday nights live, you can listen to Spooky South Coast that way. So all you have to do is download the app, and I'm going to do it, I mean, I already have it downloaded, but all you have to do is open up the Paranormal Radio app and just roll through until you find us, and, and you know, right now it's our first night on there, so you got to scroll down a little bit to be able to find Spooky South Coast, but then once you do, if you start listening to us that way, we'll move up the ranks there, and uh, and you'll be able to find us there. And also, if you hit the menu button and you go to Podcasts, You'll be able to find all the Spooky South Coast podcast episodes in the Paranormal Radio app too. So I'm going to uh, just I'm just going to put it up there to the screen, and it's really, really easy to use. It's uh, it's very simple. You just touch what it is that you want to listen to, and it goes right to it. And then what happens is when you are Ready to close it out? It's not like all these other apps that are out there. It's super easy to just close down, and then you're done. So it's oh, you can hear me, see, and it sounds great. See, that sounds good. Thanks, me. 
Okay, me. You can stop now, me. Easy to close, right. Just hit exit. That's all you got to do. And uh, so there you go. So check us out on the Paranormal Radio app, and uh, we highly recommend that you download it. Android, Apple, whatever you use there, you can get it, and you can never be away from Spooky South Coast. But really, why would you want to be with us 24 hours a day anyway? But we're there if you want us. Uh, So I have been kind of referencing a little bit of what happened last weekend. Uh, I mean, first of all, we have to say Plymouth PowerCon was a fantastic event. It was. It was um, it was very um, it was very rich in history. We got to learn a lot of stuff. We did, and at the same time, with our personal connections to where we were and the people that we know, we really, I think, hit it out of the park when it came to history and stories and ghost hunting. I thought we were. I thought our heads were going to explode with how much stuff we were taking in. Like, yes. as much as I thought that I already knew about Plymouth, you know, first of all, just hanging out with Jeff Campbell all weekend. I was going to say, I need to give a huge shout out to Jeff Campbell. If nobody has taken his Plymouth night tour, you need to do that, absolutely. He runs a shop called Remember Plymouth, uh, which is right behind, is it Ziggy's Ice Cream? Mm-hmm. So stop in for ice cream, then stop in for a night Pumpkin tour. Pumpkin ice cream, highly and recommended. And he has awesome Harry Potter stuff in his store. You'll never want to leave. Um, but he is so full of knowledge when it comes to his historical tours. Listen, I don't even like Harry Potter at all, but that, that butterbeer cool was store. fantastic. I, I, I'm... Very good. It's, like, it's just I'm like obsessed. a butterscotch cream soda. So good. Right. <laughs> but I'm, I'm obsessed with Harry Potter, so you're welcome. Um... Well, I knew Jeff probably before you knew Harry Potter. That's how long I've known him. I know, but he's you um, didn't know about butterbeer. He is uh, he is definitely the go to guy for stuff in Plymouth. Yes. And so when Sam said he was putting together Plymouth Paracon, I said you got to get Jeff Campbell involved right. because not only does he know more than anybody, but he knows everybody in town. Correct. To be able to get, and it's it's not an easy town to get access to, to haunted locations. Moniz, you've been doing this stuff in this area for a long some, time, thirty something years. Yeah, it's like. You gotta know somebody to get into places. And I do. And I know people. And they still say no. Right. The, uh, you know, not to put anybody on blast, but the, uh, the Antiquarian Society in Plymouth, which owns a lot of these haunted locations, uh, these uh, historical locations, they don't want to let anybody in that's doing this kind of stuff. So it's very hard to get any kind of access whatsoever. So the fact that we could even get into the Church of the Pilgrimage was huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to go up and check out Burial Hill. I know you guys were disappointed with the grist mill, but it's still cool to go over there in the dark at night. I, I wouldn't say I was disappointed. I just thought it was funny because I had no idea where we were Everybody going. Everybody was complaining because I walked them across the street to the duck pond. You took a bunch of drunk people That's, on a long that walk. Was that was the biggest problem they were drunk. Yeah. Right. And they were not wearing appropriate footwear. <laughs> no, they were not. <laughs> even though I told everybody to go change. Uh, but, uh, so, you know, we had a great time with the VIP party on Friday night, and then we kind of went off and, and did a little poking around on our own. And then on Saturday, the convention was, I mean, it was packed all day. Mm-hmm. Every, every lecture had a full room, uh, right. the full house for all the lectures. Uh, and, you know, it, it's, it's always daunting when, uh, when you follow somebody that's uh, a legend like John Zaffis. Mm-hmm. I said, all these people are going to get up. Now, they saw John Zaffis. They're going to get up. They're going to want to go stretch their legs or get something to eat or, Walk around, but nope, they all stayed and they listened to Stephanie and I talk. Yes, they did. And I actually let Stephanie talk. You did. It was awesome. Which she was kind of surprised by. She kept looking over at me like, "Are you going to cut me off now? Are you going to cut me off now?" But um, but you got to you got to uh, share some very interesting stories with the folks. Yes. Uh, especially the lecture that we gave. It's it's definitely something that's more 
you know, we need to hear more from you than me in that lecture anyway, because we're talking about using abilities on investigations. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, we had a great VIP dinner after that. It was actually really good. I know. And and you don't like a lot of stuff. I know. But it just so happened that you fortunately sat down right at the quesadilla table. I did. Wasn't that such a good... It's almost like you're psychic. Right. It was so weird. But um, (laughs) she sat down at the quesadilla table. Porter and I did not sit down at the pulled pork table. Yeah, you followed me and you probably shouldn't have. But we still found a way. Right. Um, Sharing is caring. Yes. So uh, we we still... But uh, T-Bones have put out a great spread for everybody. And um, I can still taste that cornbread. Oh, my God. It was so good in that butter. Can mm-hmm. we go now? If you're <laughs> listening, T-Bones, we're here till midnight if you want to drop off right. some cornbread with apple cinnamon butter. Oh, so good. Uh, and then um, and then we got ready for the investigation. And, and so normally when you have these big group investigations, you know, you want everybody to break up into smaller groups. And we had in this Church of the Pilgrimage, there's two floors, really. So there's the first floor, which... Didn't used to be the first floor. Right. From what Jeff was telling us, originally the chapel upstairs was actually the first floor. So you used to walk into the chapel from street level. But what they did is in later years, they raised up that level and they built an under uh, a level underneath it. So down there, it's kind of like the fellowship hall where they have the stage and mm-hmm. the kitchen and all that kind of stuff. And so that's where we started off. And, and John Zaffis took a group upstairs. And so John Zaffis is a big proponent of Echo Box. Um, for those who don't know, and I, I can talk about it now because they talk about it publicly when they did, they didn't used to. Mm-hmm. I've known this for a while, and I had to keep it under my hat. But um, when Mark Arvola and Lauren Sheridan started using Echo Box, I think I'm the one that introduced. I'm pretty sure I'm the mm-hmm. one that introduced them to it. But when they started using it, they started using it on their investigations. They started investigating with John Zaffis. And they, you know, they, they hang out quite frequently and they, they do different things together. And so they got Zaphis to start using the Echo Vox. And he was having his uncle, Ed Warren, come through on every investigation that they do. So those of you who are familiar with Ed and Lorraine Warren, you've seen the Conjuring movies. Uh, John Zaphis is their nephew. Uh, Ed has passed away and, um, he was coming through Echo Vox talking to John. And even if John wasn't there, mm-hmm. Ed was giving messages to Mark and Lauren on their investigations to share with John. So John has become a very big proponent of Echovox, and he uses it on all of his investigations. Right. So he's upstairs using that, and we're going to stay downstairs. And I don't know, did had you been thinking about this experiment, or did it just kind of pop into your head? I figured, I mean, I've been doing a lot of Estes Method everywhere because... I mean, I learned it a while ago, but I like the idea of kind of bridging that gap between the mediumship abilities and the actual equipment. I don't necessarily agree with using the spirit box, even though that's how it was originally developed, the SB7. I just don't like it. I don't like it because it uses the um, the radio waves. And I just don't think that, you know, of course you're going to get full sentences sometimes because it's radio waves. You're listening to actual voices. So... Um, this is actually the first time that I did it with Echo Vox. I don't know if I told you that or not. No, I know that we did it in Mount Washington, but you didn't. I didn't, didn't do it with Echo Vox. I did it with the SB7. <clears throat> so um, I've always done it with the SB7. I've never done it with Echo Vox. So I figured we're at a location that has so much history. That entire you know area has so much history. Then why not try something different? Because 
I knew John Zaffis was going to go upstairs and do a regular investigation with Echo Vox going. We could have done the same thing downstairs. People still would have been happy. But I thought, what would truly make people walk away saying what just happened? And that's what I like to do everywhere we go. Every time I investigate, that is the result that I want to give to people and I want people to walk away with is what just happened. I can't believe that. And I want people to continue talking about it as this was so crazy. Now we know going in investigations, that doesn't always happen, but I've been really lucky lately. So I figured let's try this. But then I figured you had Echo Vox. Porter had Echo Vox. Porter had his headphones. I had a pair of headphones in my car if I needed them. And I had my sleep mask in my room. So why not try to make this happen? So I figured Ty had learned how to do the Estes method from Connor Randall, Carl Pfeiffer, and Michelle Tate, who uh, came up with this entire mm-hmm. idea. So he was probably the best choice to do this with me because Porter and Doogie only had a half hour of sleep before they flew in the night before. So sticking somebody underneath that 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 trance is the best way I can describe it. Is probably not the safest thing to do if you've only had half hour. Not only that, but there's a good chance that if they're blindfolded and they can't hear us talking to them, they could have dozed off. Right. You know, like nothing against them, but like you doze off. You're no help in this experiment. Porter is still so mad at me for not allowing him to do it, but I figured for safety reasons, it wasn't the safest option. So I figured Ty was experienced. I was experienced. I didn't know what was going to happen because I remember what happened to you with Echo Vox in the princess room. Mm -hmm. And to me, that was a dangerous situation. And, you know, thank God you had a group of people around you that were super supportive and knew what was happening. You know me. I usually don't care about things. I'm usually like, whatever. I definitely would not recommend doing that the first time alone. Correct. So having that support system there was great. But I needed somebody that was going to be able to mentally handle that. So Ty's done it a bunch of times with an SB7. I don't think he's ever done it with Echo Vox. No, he was kind of afraid to do it with Echo Vox, I think. Right, and I don't know if he'll ever do it again now. So we're actually going to hear from Ty in about a half hour or so. And um, you can get our take on what happened. But um, I figured it was a good idea. So let's do... And the other thing I didn't want to do... Because Ty had looked at me, he said, do you have a splitter? I said, no, we're going to do this completely separate. So what people may not know from watching that video, I know you wrote... Um, I wrote a, I wrote a whole post about it right. on SpookySouthCoast.com to try it. to explain what was going on. Right, but I was hooked up to Porter's phone with one Echo Vox running with separate headphones, and Ty was hooked up to your Android tablet, which was completely separate with his own headphones running. And we decided to make it even weirder and hold hands the entire time to link our energy in order to see what would happen, if it would make it stronger, if it would repel it, what was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. I knew how Echovox works. I knew how the Estes method works. Pairing them together and then doing this with Ty, I had no idea what was going to happen. But I was really hoping for a, a completely mind-blowing result. So just to kind of uh, take a step back for those who are unfamiliar. So first of all, Echovox is an app that you put on your phone or your tablet or what have you, where instead of being a ghost box that sweeps through radios, uh, radio waves, which... You know, I know I was really into a few years ago, but as I've seen, as I've done more and more investigation with them, all I'm realizing is that, you know, you're getting a lot of false positives because it's radio. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem is you get a lot of coincidences that then become considered, you know, evidence of something. Really what it is is it's just the fact that you said, where are we? Boston. Well, of course the radio said Boston, and of course you're in Boston. Yes. You know, it's just it's not enough to, to be differentiated from, you know, coincidence. So what I like about Echovox is this app has multiple banks of just P 
pieces of phonetic speech. So it's just the phenomes of human speech broken up into these different banks that's all circulating through randomly at different times. So there's never supposed to be any words coming through. And I know Porter ripped it apart. Yes. Uh, he went into the to the banks and and went through it all to make sure that there isn't anything in there that's you know any pre pre uh, predetermined words or anything or phrases that are being used. Right. And and I I went through the early version of it doing the same thing. And the creator of it, Danny Roberge, has no problem like putting all that information out there. Right. Because he just says, "I just made it. I don't know how it works or why it works. I just make it, and this is what happens." And that seems to be the way that some of the best equipment in the field works. Correct. And so he said um, that he was going to, you know, keep updating this and upgrading it and, and finding more different mm-hmm. controls you could put on it. So the EchoVox 3.0 that we're using has a lot of different um, a lot of different settings that you can set to it. I like to turn up all the echo, all the decay, everything I can do to distort that signal as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I turn on full reverb, full echo, and you're only supposed to be getting phonetic sounds, but you will get not only words... You will get full speeches, full sentences, yes. full paragraphs. Ty went off on a on a rant at one point with stuff that was coming through. That was just amazing. I think it was funny when he was um, actually sounding like he was leaving a message on a on an answering machine. Yes, and but that's the thing about using EchoVox is even when you start to get used to using that. There's a little bit of a bias in what you're hearing because mm-hmm. you're asking the question and then, oh, it sounded like a no to me or it sounded like this or it sounded like that. So with the Estes method, with the person that's actually listening to the Echo Vox, they have on noise-canceling headphones and they have on a blindfold. Now, most of the time you don't need the blindfold in the dark, but it's better to have it on because it's sensory deprivation to some degree. Right. And you're really hyper-focused in on what it is that you're hearing. Um and you, so you can't see the people that are asking the questions and you can't hear the people that are asking the questions. Your job as the person that's going under in this is only to repeat what it is that you hear and not to make any interpretation of what it is that you're hearing either. Just say, cause you'll, you'll have to, you'll have to pro- probably uh, agree with this a little bit, Stephanie, that a lot of it isn't necessarily that it's exactly what you heard. It's what you felt that you heard. With me, it's different. But, but you know, for the, you can understand for the common person, like a lot of it is like, don't think back to what that is. Just say what you feel is what right. it was. Right. The, the toughest part, um, and I should say, like Ty and I know how to do this the proper way. We didn't. We don't necessarily tell people because we don't want people to go out and do it because it is dangerous. But being able to to say exactly what you're hearing and like tuning in, I tune in a little bit deeper than like sure. say Ty would. Um, so a lot of it, like. I was trying to block out the mediumship part because it was it was starting to fly through um, to be able to focus on those words right. and to, to repeat what I'm hearing. But, of course, it's all up to your interpretation. I might hear something that Ty might hear. But if you watch the video, we were hearing the same thing. So, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, this experiment sounds like an audio um, psychobantium. Pretty much. I mean, except the fact that with the... With the EchoVox, um, you will get stuff that comes through very clear. So with a, you know, with a psychomantium, you're not exactly totally sure all the time yeah. of some things that you're seeing. Uh, and then sometimes you get whacked with something that's, you very, know, direct. Yeah. This would be like constant direct stuff. Just because it's, you know, maybe, maybe for the person using it for the first time, it might sound like a bunch of garbled mess. Mm-hmm. But when you've done it a few times and you really learn how to kind of fine tune what you're hearing, it's like, Non-stop 
at least words. Not always full sentences, but at least words. Hmm. And what's interesting about it is, so not only could you not hear the people that were asking the questions, you can't hear each other. No. Even though you're sitting right next to each other. And I actually said to the room, there's probably about 50 people in the room, and I said to all the people in the room, if you don't believe this, if you think that they can hear each other, if you think that they can hear the questions that we're asking them, I invite you to come up on the stage afterwards and I will put you, I'm not going to do the experiment with you because Stephanie was telling us not to let people under it. Mm-hmm. Generally, I do. If you come on an event with me and we're investigating, I will let you try it because I think everybody should learn how to do it and you should learn how to do it from somebody that knows what they're doing. And I'd like to think I kind of know what I'm doing a little bit. But when she says, don't let anybody do it tonight, there's a reason for that, even if she can't quite explain what that reason is. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, I'll respect that. Um, And you didn't? No, I I did respect it. When we went upstairs, that was an intentional thing. Okay. Because I knew at that point, I knew that whatever warning you gave me didn't count. Okay. You know what I'm saying? No. (laughs) I, I don't, I don't. I there was nothing that was going to happen up there, and because I knew, it already happened to me. No, but I just knew the minute that I walked in there. Yeah, nothing. So maybe that's a little bit of my own sensitivities, but I just knew I was like I could put anybody into this right now, and nothing is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Totally safe, because there was just first of all you're in a you're in a church, right? So I mean you're you're got to think that you got to be somewhat protected in there anyway. You'd hope so. But also, like, I just knew. I was like, I can put them, I can put anybody under this all day. Nobody's going to get, there's not even going to be a single response to a question that even sounds, because I just felt like there was nothing in the room. Mm-hmm. So that's why I did it there. I, now, had we been downstairs, nope, wouldn't have done it. But I did tell people that if they wanted to go up there and just put the headphones on right. and hear it so they could see if they could hear what people were saying next to them, just to show them that we weren't screwing around. Well, in the video, when Dan gets close to us, you can hear how loud the echo box is and how there's no way that we would be able to hear anybody around us. The only thing that I could hear once, I think, was when the entire room erupted in laughter, but it was because you're talking about 40-plus people laughing yeah. very loud at the same time. So to me, it was like faint laughter, um, but I knew I had said something dirty, so everybody was laughing at it, and like it, it made me laugh because I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine what this means right, right. now. You know the words yeah. that you're spitting out, so you know, like right. if you say something that's a certain phrase, it's probably going to make people laugh, but you don't know the the context of where it came from, right. which is um, which was what made it really interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and I know that I know what you need to sleep at night, right. so I know what your sleep mask must be like. Yes. Uh, but even the fact that, just as an it's example... It's a blackout mask. And it's like super tight to your face. Like contoured to your face. You can see it in the video. It looks like you're wearing a bra. Right. Over your face. Right. <laughs> um, so there's, you know, it's you're, it's covered. There's no mm-hmm. light sneaking in. And what's funny is um, there was a, a, at one point there was cars that would come down. Because for those of you who are unfamiliar with the church or the pilgrimage in Plymouth, if you know where Burial Hill is... There's the the 1749 courthouse. Is that what it is? 1749. I think so. so there's the courthouse there. There's one, another stone church right there, and then there's the wooden church, which is the church of the pilgrimage. And so the hill, burial hill, is up on the side, and the road that comes down from there is a hill coming down the hill. So cars would be driving down that hill because it's Saturday night in Plymouth. 
it's, you know, everybody's going to the bars and everything. And so cars are coming by all night. And the cars would come down, and as they're driving down the road, the headlights would shine into the fellowship hall. And the headlights would hit them on the stage. And never reacted for a whole bunch of the times that this happened. So it just seemed weird that there's this one time when as the headlight's coming down, Stephanie says, turn off the light. Even though there's no way you could see those headlights. Right. With that mask on. Yeah, there's no way. So, and it was like instantaneous. If Uh, I could have seen the headlights, I would have had a horrible reaction because we had been sitting in pitch black dark for, at that point, probably about an hour. Um, Because you saw, at the end of the, the video, you'll see how... Ty and I actually react to somebody shining a flashlight in our eyes the minute that our, our blindfolds come off. It was horrible. And a totally unrelated question just came up in the chat room. I'm wanting to know if I ever made a cheese sandwich using raisin bread. Everybody knows that if you make a sandwich with raisin bread, you use cream cheese. What? You never had a cream cheese and raisin bread sandwich? I have not. So when I was in... But I'm so hungry right when now. I, I'm starving. When I was in fifth grade, they they used to make those in the cafeteria at the school that I went to that was right around the corner from where we were in Plymouth. Hmm. So they used to have the cream cheese and raisin bread sandwich. And I was like, who would ever eat such a thing? That sounds gross. Is it good? One day I had to go and get lunch and there was no hot lunch left because I went to lunch late because I was in... You're not going to believe me when I tell you this, but I was in chorus. <gasps> I know. Really? Yeah. Me, the guy that'll never sing. Yeah, wow. so I used to be in chorus, and I was uh, staying late for something for chorus, and I came down late to lunch, and the only thing that was left was the raisin bread and cream cheese sandwich. <laughs> and so I had it, and it wasn't bad. And, and when I worked at the diner for years, I would occasionally make one and eat them. It's it's not terrible. I mean, I like cream cheese on raisin toast anyway, so it's just... I don't know. I think, just... I, I think I've done butter on raisin toast. Butter's good, too. Butter and... Uh... I'll just add to that. We went to a diner this morning, and I found Same out... One. Oh, <laughs> right. I'm sorry. Um, when you get food poisoning, you can blame it on him. Uh, marble rye bread toast? Was it? Yeah, marble rye. Oh, jeez. Oh, marble rye. I had that. And when it when it was plonked on the plate and put it in front They've of me. They've upgraded since we've been there. I, I, <laughs> the thought, it, I thought it was chocolate because of the colour. Because of the thought, colour. Well, you know, you know. <laughs> so, like, what are these uh, crazy Americans serving uh, me for I, I thought, breakfast? Yeah, I thought, uh, as soon as I thought that, I thought, right, you Americans have got it so right. <laughs> right? No, they don't. <laughs> By the way, this is the time in the in, uh, of the. I haven't done this in a while. This is where I admonish Moniz for still going to the to the restaurant that fired me. So, <laughs> some friend. But in my own defense, I was going there before you were ever hired. Some friend. Yeah, it wasn't. It's gross there. It, yeah, it's not. We're not naming it, so There's, I guess we can get away with saying yeah. it. But yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't eat. That. There's so many, so many other options to take him to. Like he comes all the way over here to see you. Cares He's so much about you. The one that requested to go there. because you obviously <laughs> that is absolutely bring- true. And I know now twice that um, Matt's informed me that they filmed Ted two there. Yes, and they I was did. told did. exactly what table yeah. Ted yeah, sat the gr- at. The grossest one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I don't know what he had. Don't know what, the one with duct tape on it. Right, yeah. but. <laughs> you only request to go there because he hasn't taken you anywhere nice. Right. Well, he took me to the rifle range today. I mean, yeah, no, we, yeah. we'll we give you a list of restaurants that you need to request we to go to. We went to one after. Well, hold on. Uh, the Long... Uh, what was Longhorn. It? The Longhorn. Okay. That was really nice. All yeah, right. That was, that was, that's he, an upgrade. You, yeah. you can't let him leave without taking him to your dog mill. I, I want to take him. Me, uh, is it open tomorrow? I think so. I think they're open on Sundays. It should be. I mean, if not, I suppose you could settle for Casola somewhere else, but 
I'm it's, so it's hungry. It's not the same. Yeah, we're all talking about. <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna send you on a taco. At least we're not talking. We're not talking I about. I was just thinking that. I'm Am so I going hungry. on a taco? We're not talking about snacks. We're talking about full out meals. Right. So at least well, there's you know that. what's bad. We we joke all the time and call it spooky snack coast yeah. <laughs> because we're always starving. <laughs> but uh, going going back into the Estes method, and, and certainly during the we're we're about uh, eight minutes away from the news break, so we recommend that uh, during the news break, if you want to go and check it out at spookysouthcoast.com or in any of our social media, you can see the, the, the blog post and the video. Obviously, it's a, it's almost an hour video, and, and that, it, yeah. we, we left you under for way too long. You did. We definitely should not have left them in this state for, for almost an hour. But at one point, you know, like Porter's looking at me and saying, like, it's, it's been 20 minutes. We should probably mm-hmm. pull them back. And then something else amazing would happen, and then he'd come back. It's been 25 minutes. We should probably pull them. And then something else amazing would happen. Um well, I taught him to do 15-minute increments only. And when we did it in Virginia, we were both so wiped out, we passed out immediately as soon as we were done with our event. Um, and, like, the next day, we were both looking at each other like, we don't know how we're going to do this again because it was so draining. So he knows how that feels, and he's super overprotective on top of it. So You do I'm realize shocked. that's why nobody really does two events in back-to-back days. I know, but we had to because we were traveling. But I'm thinking to myself... In the short amount of time I could think, between you and Porter being as overprotective as you are about me, how are you letting me still do this? But it was so interesting. Like, the stuff that I was hearing, which were just words, I'm I'm thinking, like, your questions must be insane right now, and I'm dying to know what was happening. So we're going to, we'll tease it a little bit and say, I was ready to to cut it Yep. when, uh, right before we started to get into the Native American stuff. Right. And what's funny is I was actually asking, because I'm thinking at this point, like people have been watching this for, you know, 20, 25 minutes. I'm thinking they must be getting bored sitting in the audience watching this. No. Like these people came to investigate and they didn't want to go off and investigate. They wanted to sit and watch what was going on. We started with maybe 15 people in the room and we opened our eyes an hour later to every single person. Everybody from upstairs came down. And what's funny is every time somebody would come downstairs, which... You physically can't see right? because the staircase was behind them, behind, behind a, a wall. wall. There's just two open doorways that you have to go in. And every time somebody would come down the stairs, either her or Ty would say, up, up. Like they would hear up come through through the Echo Vox. And it took a f- little while before Porter figured it out, but he realized, or maybe it was Doogie, but one of them mm-hmm. realized that it was every time that somebody went down the stairs, for some reason they would say, up. And I, I don't know why. I the don't thing know I think it was maybe because there used to not be that first floor. And either that, they just didn't want more people coming in. They might have liked the more intimate experience. So the, you never know. The other thing, um, you know what? I was going to tease it, but I think I'll just play it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I can just play it. Maybe I can even just do it now. But there's one point where we tried to get you to, uh, to be done with it, and and I'm going to apologize if there's any language in this. <laughs> Dig deep. Is it buried on the land of the house? It mocked you. <laughs> it mocked your. It home. did. It mocked. Sound like a door slammed. Oh, did anybody hear a door slam? Go out with me. <laughs> yes. Some of this will sound really weird out of context, but uh, two. I found the bill. After it. Terrible. 
Your turn. Quarter. Come here. here. Is your belt in one piece? No hair. Nope. Yeah. It's funny you that you said quarter. Come yeah, here. Like, and then he says, yeah, no hair, no hair. Talk to me. Do you want to say me. goodbye to We're going to pull you out. I think it's time to say goodbye. No, We're going to say goodbye. No. Yes. Yes. We're going to say goodbye now. Sorry. No. Yes. Thank you for talking to us. You can talk to us another time. I have her. No, you don't. No, you don't. So we'll see you later. Yeah. Thank you very much. Fun. No. Yes. Yes. Swear right after this. You might want to cut oh, it. That was creepy. That's that's why I we definitely ended it right there. Like, no, I have her. And so if you hear that back, like you you're hearing she doesn't know that we're saying that it's time yeah. to go. Yeah. She's just saying no, no. And then I remember feeling super angry when I was saying that too, because when you're under like that, you can hear the the voices of the spirits changing. That's horrible. Don't but even that's do the that. Best, Don't no. Best free shot of all time, right there. You're so mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go you ahead. know, I didn't embarrass you on the nobody can, cast nobody today. can see that on camera. Oh, they better not be able to. No. They asked me for an embarrassing story about Spooky Tim, and I said I, I didn't know. No, that's only because you couldn't pick from all the many. Yeah. There, there were many. Um, so I asked for more time. I needed an extension. Um, so. You were feeling angry. You I saying? was feeling like it, it was getting louder. And I tried to say everything exactly how I heard it with the exact same tone that I heard it in, because that just makes it more authentic. But I remember thinking, um, I talk very soft. Everybody always yells at me to talk louder. But I was thinking to myself the entire time I'm saying this, nobody's going to be able to hear what I'm saying. I probably need a microphone. But you guys apparently had no problem hearing yeah, me. No problem at all. So I remember, like, it was it was getting which bad. is weird because generally, like, you can't. No, you know, you can't project loud right. enough for people. And even if I do, I feel like I'm screaming, and people are like, "I still can't." Hear like you. we were in a room that was far smaller than that earlier in the day, and people still couldn't hear me talking. And, and I was I'm fortunate to use the microphone yep. because people couldn't hear. But this, I mean, obviously, too, it's a different type of hall, so there's a little bit more acoustic. Yeah, but it know, was still there's no way. But, but I remember just feeling so mad that spirit was so angry. And uh and that's when we decided like that's enough is enough. When it said no, I have her. Yeah. We're like, nope, this is getting into something that is a little bit darker than we want to mm-hmm. take that turn. But you didn't you didn't feel like you were in, I, in I danger. I felt okay. Yeah. If I felt like I wasn't okay, I would have pulled myself out. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like I have a voice and I'm not letting go of right. it. Yeah. I want to If it was dark, I wouldn't have allowed it. Yeah. And uh, so we'll talk more in the next hour, and and I might just have to fumble through finding some of the audio because, yeah. like I said, like it. So we got this from from Dan. You got it yesterday, yes, and I got it today, and uh, and I really didn't have time to like pull out the audio because it's it's almost an hour long file. Mm-hmm. So I had to you know be able to upload it and then write the blog and everything, and I had to do a bunch of other stuff. So ideally, I would have liked to have just picked out some segments and just had them ready to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, so bear with us because we do want to play some of these clips for you because. It was, I mean, I, I'm never going to come on here and make a big deal about something that we did on an investigation unless I think it's that big of a deal. Uh, otherwise, it just it doesn't make for great radio. Mm-hmm. But I think that this was a profound experience. 
And uh, I think that it's something that everybody that is interested in paranormal research, research should check out. And uh, you can do so during the break. Catch a little bit of it, of, of it uh, before we come back and talk about it. We'll come back on the other side with Ty discussing it more here on Spooky South Coast. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk Entertainment. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. Back, our number two of Spooky South Coast, Tim Weisberg here, along with the silent assassin Matt Costa, science advisor Matt Moniz, psychic medium Stephanie Burke, and our special visitor tonight, Lee Hazel. And uh, we are talking about, um, well, actually, we're, we've been talking about what happened last week at the Plymouth Paracon with the, I, I guess we'll call it the double Estes method experiment. There you go. That'll work. Where we had uh, Stephanie and Ty Gowan from Haunt Me. Both underneath uh, the Estes method, uh, noise-canceling headphones on, running Echo Vox, blindfolded, could not see us, could not hear us, just completely enveloped in whatever it was that was coming over Echo Vox and, and sharing that directly without any interpretation and without any kind of uh, filter. Outside influence. There's nothing. And uh, so we've been talking a little bit about it with Stephanie, but let's bring on now Ty, who is her... Uh, cohort in all of this. Uh, good evening, Ty. How are you? Hi, I'm calling in for Psychic Medium Stephanie Burke. Oh, are you calling for a reading? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, you know, I know it's late, but I just want to bother you guys earlier today because the show's been going so well. Well, thank you for, for checking in with us. Uh, have you recovered from what happened last Saturday? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I didn't have much because I was right off the next day. But it honestly, it took me like an hour to like shake it afterwards. Yes. <laughs> Like getting, like all joking aside, it was a scramble for sure. We definitely kept you under way longer than we should have. Yeah, yes. weren't you the one that was supposed to pull us out? Well, I, Porter and I kept talking about it, and then every time we would get ready to do it, uh, something else amazing would start coming through, and we'd say to ourselves, "No, nah, they'd want us to keep going." That's how the ghosts get you. That's well. That's that's when we called it. Is when they actually said they were going to get, you know, that they had Stephanie. So that's yeah. when we said, "No." Nah. That's what I heard uh, happened, so thank you for uh, pulling us out. So just reiterating kind of what we had covered uh, in the first hour, you could not hear anything that she was saying. You could not hear anything that we were saying. I know at one point uh, Jeff Campbell was standing really close to you, and you were able to hear him, and you actually pointed out, like, you know, whoever's near me, you're too close, I can I can almost hear you. Yeah, I think that, I mean, it, it's only built on truth, you know, and so, like, if I could hear anyone face through it, I thought it was really important to be very transparent about that. Like, 
you know, like, let's just very much make sure that we're all doing the experiment right. So if someone's too close or too loud, I just feel like you should definitely call it out um, because even though they're noise-canceling headphones and they're almost soundproof, that, you know, that almost factor is still there, that it's not completely sound, you know, resistant. So uh, I heard someone yell at one point, and I just wanted to make sure that they backed up so that there was no more... Um, guessing that, you know, that I had been happening the whole time, because right of that hour, it was just weird, freaking noises and voices that made no sense whatsoever screaming in my head. And and it was, it was um, you know, in the room, for the rest of us, like, we could feel how weird it must have been for you. We were f- kind of feeling the, the tension and, and the strangeness of what was going on. How did you physically feel while you were under while you were under this and while you had all this going on? Well, I can't speak for Stephanie, but for me, it was really overwhelming and dizzying at first, and so um, I didn't want to be a spectacle up there, so I just focused on my breathing for a while because it was just confusing and um, anxiety-inducing. So I didn't want to be dizzy. I didn't want to throw up or anything like that. I didn't want to end up like you at the Mount Washington. So (laughs) I just kept breathing for a bit, and then I finally, like, down and get used to it, but um, I think it, the good factor there is what is that Stephanie had me hold hands, and it was a good ground factor, so you didn't like float away in the darkness, because I know that you had said that you felt like you were floating down like a long hallway, mm-hmm. and by having Stephanie's hand in mine, like it was a grounding factor that was like, you're right now, and then I could feel her like re-gripping when stuff might have been going on with her, um, so it was just kind of like a a focus factor to not float away. And and um, really what was going on for us, you know, we're, we're just kind of watching you guys for any small signs of any, uh, you know, uncomfortability, uncomfortableness, or, you know, just looking to see if you're uncomfortable. And what I noticed, it, both of you had your legs, you know, both of you had your legs bouncing up and down, but at different rates. But it was something that kind of kicked in for both of you kind of around the same time. And you can see, like, kind of that it was almost like it was an antsiness of, of what was coming like you were both kind of um, dealing with some anxiety about what was going on um it must have been like a like an unconscious way to burn that off mm-hmm. maybe you know because like when i do it with um I've, when i've done the ss method with you know an sb7 spirit box it kind of gives you a rhythm so, so i you know i've been told that like my foot or my hand bounces along to the rhythm mm-hmm. but the Echovox has no rhythm, and I think that's part of the off-putting factor of it. Um, is there's nothing to just kind of like ease into and, and feel comfortable with. So maybe that foot kick was trying to find the beat or something and just find some normalcy in it. But it's interesting that both Steph and I started at the same time because it must have meant that we were like approaching peril at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I know when when I did it, it was my entire body was vibrating and shaking and I could feel that my heart rate was going through the roof. And if you watch that video, you can see there's times where I take a break and I just take a long, deep breath and let it out because I was trying to stay focused and stay grounded. And at the same time, I felt like it was kind of my responsibility to keep Ty and I both grounded. Um, because like I said before, it was Ty's first time with Echo Vox, right, Ty? Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was, an odd experiment, but I figured if anybody could handle it, it was the two of us because you had a lot of experience doing this with the SB7 many times. So I figure if we're going to throw anybody to the wolves, let's do it 
ourselves. And I have to apologize because somebody had told me at one point, like your contract was over like hours before and you weren't even supposed to be there. So I was like, oh my God, I threw him like completely to the wolves. That's all good. Um, I came to hang out with you guys and I guess we did that in the weirdest way, which is kind of our norm. As usual. Yes. Something always happens to us. So we kind of embrace it. And I had the haunt me there too, by the right hand side. Yeah. You know, I knew that with I, honestly, it was our friends in the room, um, yes. along with all the the guests. So we were going to be in good hands no matter what. It was uh, it was very um, touching to see, like how concerned that Carol and Katie got at different points for you. Mm-hmm. But also, it was kind of funny to see how at some points they were like, "No, he's fine. Keep pushing." Yes, you know, like <laughs> it was super funny. That sounds like them. <laughs> it was it was really funny. Um, but I feel like the the amount of people that we had in the room that we were super close with just really helped add to what we were trying to accomplish. Because I figured, you know, I had mentioned before, Ty, I don't know if you got to hear um, the part of the show, but you had asked me if I had a splitter. And I said, no, we're going to do this on two separate devices because I really, truly wanted to see what was going to happen. If we're hearing the same things on the same device, you know, okay, great. But on two different devices, that just makes it way weirder and way cooler. Right. What kind of input is coming in and how is that being manipulated through our brain? Mm-hmm. Um, and- because okay, when you think about it, being completely frank on this show, I don't think any of us truly know exactly what's going on with one of these access method sessions. There's so many variables esoterically of like what is actually happening, you know? Um, because there's the whole factor of like, is a spirit manipulating the Echovox technology? Or is somewhere along the lines of the Echovox creating just basically a buffet of, of things that our brains are, are choosing from that um, is influenced by like a psychic awareness of what's going in the room? Or do we go to the Tenny factor of it that the the echo box is just giving us the ingredients and the ghosts are basically pricking our minds, you know, with electromagnetic energy in just the right spots to make us speak the way that we're supposed to. Um, and it's just it's fascinating to think like where on the spectrum that night actually fell. Oh, completely. And I think because there are so many variables and we don't know where it falls and there is no true way to really explain it away, that makes it all the more fascinating. Absolutely, which is why I wanted to dive in and actually do it. You know, because it's fun because it's like at these events that that get done anywhere, um, not just the put the paracon. It's like you want you want to be able to show people not just what ghost hunting in paranormal investigation can be uh, or is, but you also want to show them like how to push the boundaries and that that's what we should be doing whenever we're out in the field. It's not just a field trip to the dark and waiting for something to bump in the night and, you know, have someone see a shadow figure take that story home or a K2 meter let up from one green light to two green lights and they, they become satisfied. But when you have these opportunities to really just be like, this is next level stuff that we don't even completely understand and would love more people to help us refine it is really how we're going to move that forward. So I think not only is it interesting and entertaining, but also very important to keep doing things like this in front of loads of people who can then make it even better. One of the interesting moments came, uh, I just happened to be standing over by Doogie, and Ty actually said, I'm not going to say it because it's not, something that's public knowledge, but he actually said something that's a nickname of Doogie that nobody else knows. Yes. And yeah. so when you said it, uh, Doogie turns to me and goes, that's that's my nickname, but nobody nobody knows that name. 
Doogie actually pulled me aside afterwards while I was still in the echo fog. Um, it's, I completely forgot that until just now. Um, and he told me that outside the church afterwards. And it just made me feel like just a wave of nausea, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it was interesting um, because there were, again, I'm not the best at this. So, like Stephanie said, there were moments where I took breaks in it. And, you know, I hope that those moments weren't, didn't have crucial information coming through, you know, like that moment for Dookie. But there were just some moments where you just had to breathe the whole on to yourself. Um, like you were in Spring Cerebro and X, you just, you need a moment. <laughs> right. <laughs> During the whole time. Yeah, I mean, you, you I mean, I don't want to overplay this and, and sound like I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like more than it is, but it could be easy to kind of lose yourself in this and, and maybe even lose a little bit of your sanity if you do this too much or if you stay under this too long. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. Um, you're, touching either side i'm assuming and you're giving a piece of yourself at that time and if you're if you're unable to hold on to that grounding like steph talked about just briefly ago where do you float off to and how much do you lose there you know because when we came out i was not i did not feel normal anyway and it was actually like um just like the some of the event guests that we were with that were just like, let's go do something really normal afterwards. And so, you know, had a drink and talked about the day and right. kind of fizzled out before I may or may not have gone into a cemetery with you shortly after. <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of, you need that moment. It's kind of like, you know, when you, uh, when you watch a quick sitcom after watching a really scary horror movie before you go to bed, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so it's not the last thing you're thinking about. That's exactly right. And especially for this, because it's just, so derivative of, of your cognizant state that you really need to be able to recenter yourself uh, after that. I felt so jumbled afterwards that, like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it's on the video. I haven't watched the video back, back yet, guys. I apologize. But um, I'm hoping to do it tomorrow when I have more uh, bravery. Um, but I do, one of the things I remember most is being able to take the headphones off in the, um, the the blindfold and I felt so relieved but so confused and I heard Steph say the same thing yep. when someone shot the flashlight in our eyes it was oh my God. Like the worst thing that ever happened in my life right yes. like in that moment yeah well I mean that's just somebody should have known better than to do that it's like yeah, they've just been in the dark for almost an hour well, like, right. gonna... it was like next level like it shined it just I don't know I it can't really bad. explain it can you Steph no no I already covered this because um, they were talking about the, the, the point in time where the truck light had flashed on us and I actually said, turn off the lights, but that's what I heard. And mm-hmm. had I been able to see that light, I would have reacted the same way we both did when we pulled our blindfolds off and somebody flashed that light in our face yeah, because true. Yeah. it, it was so bright. It hurt. Yeah. It went through your eyeballs to the back of your head. Yep. <laughs> So real uh, grounding, real real fast way to bring you back to oh, Earth. Oh my God! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, d- just to get into a little bit of this, and I, I might try to play some of it, um, you know, kind of ducking and dodging around the file. But so at one point, Stephanie, you started spitting out something about a belt. Yes. And uh, we were specifically asking you what kind of belt, and you would respond back with wampum. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and basically, for those who are unfamiliar, uh, King Philip's War. It was a war between the Native Americans and the colonists in 1675, 
um, into early 1676. And King Philip was also known as Metacom or Metacomet, who was the son of Massasoit, and he was the great sachem of the Wampanoag tribe. And so he was the one that actually made the decision after his father Massasoit had died and his brother Alexander, who was the also uh, known as uh, Wamsutta, uh, when he had been poisoned and killed by uh, allegedly by the colonists, he was trying to decide whether or not to go to war against the colonists. And it was actually, he was in, from what I understand, in Plymouth Center, and there was uh, uh, an eclipse. And it was that eclipse that caused him to decide, okay, this is a sign that we should go to war against the English. And so this bloody battle happens. It's the bloodiest battle uh, bloodiest war per capita ever fought on u.s soil more of the population died in this war than in the civil war and at the end of it king philip gets killed medicom gets killed his head is put on a pike feet from where we were all of saturday night Mm -hmm. and it sat there for 20 years and as part of the spoils of war the English, uh, one of the English soldiers took the wampum belt from the Wampanoag tribe, which was a wampum belt. Now, we, we think of wampum as being like goods that they trade, you know, and that's, that was their, their form of money, but actually wampum was the beads that they would put onto these belts that would tell the story of their tribe and tell the story of their people. So when the English took this belt from the Wampanoags, they took everything that they were all about. And that's been missing ever since. Nobody has any idea where it came, where it turned up. Some people think that it might be, uh, you know, locked away in a museum somewhere. Uh, one of the big theories is that it actually got cut up and divided up into smaller pieces, and different soldiers took pieces of it with them. But there's long been a theory that if you can find the wampum belt and bring it back to Plymouth or bring it back to the Wampanoag people, that a lot of the hauntings associated around this area with King Philip's War will go away. And Stephanie started talking about the belt, started talking about the wampum belt, and she kept saying, like, dig deep, dig deep. And so the question came up in the chat room, if we dug around anywhere, because you kept saying, dig deep. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in actuality, we don't have to worry about that, because we think that from the questioning, we think what it was was she was talking about, they're having an archaeological dig at Burial Hill, because mm-hmm. they're putting in a new parking lot for the town hall, a new parking garage for the town hall, and so they're doing an archaeological dig before they start doing that, and they've been turning up some artifacts. So maybe it was related to that. At one point, you actually said, like, you know, get the belt, get the belt or something, and unbeknownst to you, Jeff Campbell took his belt off mm-hmm. and said, uh, oh, here's the belt, and you say, no, not that one. That's so creepy. <laughs> Like, direct response to what he had done. But it kept coming up. You kept calling me my name mm-hmm. and telling me to, to, to basically to find the wampum belt. And I was arguing with you saying, I've been trying. You know, I, I, I don't know where to look. You have to tell me where to look. Mm-hmm. But it was an ongoing conversation. What else was very interesting is that you two, without knowing it, were talking to each other quite a bit. Right. You were even trying to, like, tell knock-knock jokes back that and forth. That was so weird. That was. I mean, you're probably sitting there, Ty, wondering why you're saying like "knock knock" over and over again. It was so obnoxious. I just wanted it to stop, but I didn't realize that Ty was actually directly responding to me when I was saying "knock knock." I can't wait to see the video to see. Did it ever get to the end of the joke? Like what? No. What, I think at one point it was close. At one point it was like what? "knock knock," and then "who's there?" and then "doogie." Yeah, that's that was the joke. Like, that was the joke. <laughs> well, that's a, that's quite a punchline, right? And then yeah. and then Doogie said like, "Oh, figures, you know, I got to be the butt of the joke here." Right. That's awesome. But uh, probably the weirdest moment. Oh, 
I think I can probably find it if I look. You're not going to play that on the radio. You don't want me to play that on the radio? You're not going to play that on the radio. If you if it's what I think you're going to play? It is what you, it is exactly what you think I'm going to play. What it, the weirdest moment? I don't know if you're from I don't know did anybody tell Ty about what happened? No, I don't think so. All right. Well, why don't you um why don't you talk a little bit there and I'll Why don't why don't I talk a little bit? Do you want me to tell what happened? Or do you want me to wait for people well, to hear it? Just so Five, it, the actual um, the actual part of it, I actually said, um, I called out you, or I called out Porter. There was... All right. Wait, what? You found Sorry, it? Sorry, no, no, but I, I did find another weird moment. Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. I couldn't hear what you were All saying. Right. Um, so I do a game on Echo Vox quite a bit, where whenever I'm using it, I will say, you know, do you want to play a game? And sometimes... Um, more often than not, whatever is there responds with no, but then we end up playing it anyway, where I count to 10, but I skip a number, and then I ask what number it was that I skipped. And a lot of the times, I will get a direct answer. But a lot of times, what will happen is I'll start saying, like, one, two, three, and then over the Echo Vox, you'll hear four, five. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened twice with you, Stephanie. Mm-hmm where I said, I'm going to count to 10, and I want you to tell me what number I skipped. And I counted to 10, and I skipped like five or something. Mm-hmm. And you didn't answer. And then I started counting again, and I said, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then you said 10, mm-hmm. as I said nine. And that was early on in the session. Then later on in the session, Carol said, Tim, play the game again. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll do it again. And so I did it, and the same thing happened where I, I skipped a number, and then I asked you what I skipped, and you didn't answer, and then I counted again. So we can put that through. Five for n- new Seven, center. Eight, nine, ten. What numbers did I skip? It's a lot to take on. <laughs> no, it's not. It's ten numbers. Nine Ten. Multiple. Sorry, Matt, I know I was supposed to tell you what the time was so you can sync up the video. I'm I'm sorry. But that was that happened twice. But that one was the most interesting because right after that, you know, you say you said it first of all right on the dot and then Ty says multiple. Right. And it would it would the second time that it had happened. So you can kind of like you can read in too much to some of this stuff, I'm sure. Right. But this seems pretty much like it was intelligent. Yeah. I don't think we're reading into too much there. No. I'm going to dive back in. Are you going to dive back in? Yeah, because i got to find that. i got to find that part. But why? Why don't you keep me up on what you're talking about, Steph, here? The the most intense part is having only been under it. It all felt like gibberish to me. Um, I don't know if you guys talked about that in the first half of the hour, but what being underneath actually sounds like. But... For me, at least, um, I came out of it thinking that it was an absolute bust, and the reason why I was kept under for so long was because nothing had happened. I um, I feel like I had such an emotional tie to what was happening that I knew something was happening, but I didn't know what. But before I watched the video again, I, I felt like maybe nothing happened and like watching it from like the outside perspective it wasn't going to be as cool as everybody said it was but there were definitely times where i felt myself like feeling shocked or um 
actually laughing out loud at the two of us, like going back and forth between each other without knowing. So it was definitely a weird situation, but you feel like you're you're just floating and like you don't know what's happening. I think that's exactly right. I think it was interesting too because what I do remember a little bit um, is like there are points where, and maybe because you were holding my hand, it felt like I could feel anxiety at one point and it would phase into like laughter and, and like happiness. And then there was this really point that it, like it really felt like sexually perverted for a yes, while. Yes, it was definitely um, that. Yeah, and like, and then it would just like move through it, and it almost like I could feel you feel it, um, and and that was interesting in its own because it felt like there were several different sections of the of the experience, um, and the answers were derivative of those feelings. So it's not the um, it's not the perverted part that I pulled up yet, uh, but yet. I I did find a pretty yeah. interesting part. Oh yeah, no, it got it got pretty weird. But uh, I did find a pretty interesting part. We're talking about the wampum belt, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna put that through right now, and Matt's gonna sync it up. Uh, Matt, you ready? Okay, here we go. All right, now you want to get into it? <laughs> <laughs> wampum. 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 What is wampum? Belt. Don't you say that? Who is wampum belt? I need it. You hear that? One. Uh, Who gave up uncle. the belt? Tucked under. Where? Come help me find it. Where is it, though? Do you have any idea where it is? Maybe that's what's Coming upstairs. to find you. Is the wampum belt here? <clears throat> Come. Is that what's up? Are you looking uh, for? Are you looking mud. for your hand? <laughs> it's hanging. What's hanging? The belt. Where is it hanging? We want to find the belt. Retrieve. If we yep. retrieve the belt, what will happen? That. Complete. Will it all end? Never. Goofy. This is you. I I will explain after the conversation is about. Wrap. So the wampum belt is here in this building. Never. Message for Dave. <laughs> it was never in this building, but where is it? Yes. Hmm? Good. It's not a complaint. <laughs> it's about character. <laughs> Not. I talk a lot. <laughs> so, I want to know where this wampum belt is. Short Do you have an idea where boy. I can find it? In a compartment. In a compartment where? What in Carol? In what country? I, like you didn't look, know that I went back to the You have to look under. In this country? Westward? In this land? Bald man. Or far away? Bald man. 
It's guarded. It. Yeah. What's it guarded by? So that's a, a lot of talk there about the the wampum belt and and where it would be located. Yeah, that's not even getting to the dig deep part either. No. This but is like some of the early discussion about it. I think it was before I started talking about wampum. That's when I said Metacomet head, and it was like direct hits over and over and over, and you were just talking over it. You totally missed it that night. Yeah, because I'm just kind of in the moment of asking the questions. Right. That's interesting, too, because it's like there's a double-edged sword there where, like, if I heard Metacomet come out, I wouldn't know to repeat it because I'm historically removed from the area that you, right. you're more savvy in because Metacomet would have sounded like nothing to me. Mm-hmm. And so then again, it also adds to the how much did I miss, you know? Because there are definitely, like, I would say 60% of the noises that came through I didn't repeat because they didn't sound like words, you know? But that's the hard part of being the filter. Right. Is trying to figure out what's actually supposed to be said because they feel different sometimes. But like I said, you know, metacomet doesn't sound like a word to me um, because I'm not used to to the history down there, so I might have missed it, you know, when it was supposed to be said. You know what's funny, too, is I kind of compare it to when you're doing a mediumship reading, um, again, you're the filter. And there are times where you hear things or you see things that don't make sense at all, but you have to say them or you have to do your best to try to describe them to the person that's sitting in front of you. And I've kind of removed that filter as much as possible. So I think maybe that helps me in these circumstances while doing this type of method because I'm used to just like, hey, this sounds crazy, but I'm going to try to say, you know, as, you know, stay on, on course as much as I can. Um but at the same time, um, you know, like sound it out if I, I can't figure out what it was, but trying to like tapping into that, that intuitive part a little bit and, and trying to, to make it clear. I also, before I, I, you know, begin either a mediumship reading or, um, this type of method, I ask, you know, when I go through my ritual of, of trying to connect, I, I ask them to try to make it as clear as possible too, because I want to be able to, to say as, as much as possible. So it's really interesting to see, you know, what variables were at play and if anything that I did or said beforehand helped me out. That's, I think that's hugely important and fascinating that you say that too, because I, it does, even from just that clip, it sounds like you're more on target than I am. Um, and you have that practice with removing the filter where I was at was I was purposely filtering some stuff because there was some stuff that I remember being said in my ears that I consciously said I will not verbally repeat right. with people in the room. Of yes. like, especially when really disgusting or st- stupidly violent. Mm-hmm. I-, I won't say it because it's just such a cliche and it's not helping anyone in the room have a further conversation. But I have to wonder um, if some of the stupidly violent stuff was pertinent to that conversation because of the war. I bet it was, um, but then, but then again, you know, there's that moment where it's just like, here's 30 guests that are sitting out there and mm-hmm. some really violent talk that it's like, you know what, this sounds very stereotypically ghostly scary. Let's yes. get back to the wampum belt, maybe. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though you didn't know what was happening. No, no idea. It was, um, it was 
probably one of our weirdest adventures. Um, that's saying a lot. Too. I know. But wait till you see the video. I'm like, you need to text me as soon as you see it. That's my priority tomorrow is apple picking and then the video. Yes. I mean, apple picking obviously comes first because it involves food. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. But then dead people second. Yes. Yes. Food, um, then dead people. So, but, but I don't want to run out of time here before midnight. Tim, what is this big moment that you're talking about that Steph doesn't want you to play? It's dirty. Oh, is it? Okay. But I couldn't believe that. Like, I had to say it because it was a full sentence, but I'm glad I did just because it really, it it just, it was right on the money. Like, I, see, then, again, that goes back to the moment of, like, filtering or not, because if it was during the dirty section that I was, like, not talking about masturbating. Um, oh, my like, God, yeah. Yeah, it was just, like, those are the things I'm not going to say out loud, so, I, you know, I'd wonder if that was the same time that I was, like, actively refusing to say the, you know, the masturbatory things that were, like, coming to my ear, you know? Right. Did you find it, Tim? I didn't find that, but I found another good cut. Okay. Matt, Matt, 25 minutes. Um, I found another good cut where we where there was some pretty intelligent stuff. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to find exactly what happened but i'm i'm going to after we run this cut i'm definitely going to look for it yeah because it's it's just it's hysterical it's not though and you know what the the cut that you're talking about that you're you're looking for is i actually say touch him first and nothing happens it's the second time that i say it that that, that comes about right. cuz you were well, paying you were, attention you were calling him by name first right who Porter. So I'll I'll no. just I'll just tell the story because I, I might not be able to find the cut. So at one point she's calling Porter and you were calling him in kind of a a, a come hither way. You know, that was like, a female Porter, voice that was Porter. coming in. It was creepy. The the way that I described it afterwards was if anybody's ever seen Hocus Pocus, it was like Sarah Jessica Parker singing Come Little Children. That's the way that it was calling out to Porter and it wouldn't stop. So I finally gave it attention and that's what happened. See, that's interesting because. The things that were repeating in my ear, I had that thought of, is it just saying this repeatingly until I say it out loud, and therefore I didn't say it because I didn't want to give it give it space. Right. So we both had the same experiences and had visceral opposite reactions to them. <laughs> <laughs> I dove head first. And I said, back off, my shield's up. Right. Yeah. It, it did say at one point when you were calling him over and you were like, Porter, Porter. Ty then says uh, something about how he has no hair. Yes. And which, you know, Porter's, Porter shaves his head. So, but then, so as you were calling him, I just happened to be over in that area. I was walking over in that area and you said, touch him, touch him. Mm-hmm. And you said it a few times. But I, when you said, touch him, touch him, I put my hand on his shoulder and I held it there. And you said, touch him a couple more times. And it got to the point where, like, now it's, like, kind of weird that my hand's been on Porter's shoulder for this long. Mm-hmm. So uh, I said, uh, can I stop touching him? And he said, yeah, it's getting kind of awkward. And then you come through and say uh, something like, not the balls. Yeah. So, yeah. That was the part that I was trying to find. But I found this other cut where it gets really interesting. Um, so I'm going to play that now. I don't, I don't think I'm putting these together. Why don't you push me? Bradford. What will happen if we go to Bradford's grave? Last night. Tickle. 
Let's say music. Trespassing. This is great. Trespassing. Trespassing. So the last, the first time I went to Governor Bradford's grave, I recorded an EVP of music. Applause and your applause. What? Awesome. <laughs> Nighttime. Trespassing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is that why Tim is an idiot? <laughs> Thanks, Dad. That's it. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. You're not sorry. <laughs> Button it up. <laughs> Idiot. They have Back at you. headphones on and they're both using Echo Box at full blast. So they can't hear the questions, they can't hear each other's answers. Idiot. <laughs> Bradford, Bradford. Good girl. Good one. Idiot. This was both of you all idiot. night, back and forth, both me and idiot. Wow. We you weren't supposed to be there. <laughs> idiot. Tim. That's what he has. What I wasn't they the mean, only one up there, you know. <laughs> they're filthy. Oh. Rule breaker. Dumb. E. Wonky. Goddamn I don't know if anybody heard me talking about it right now. I don't know if I couldn't find the grave. Carol. I was trying to find it. I knew where it was. But it was like the whole cemetery was getting turned around on me. Like I would go walking to one area. Champion. Says again. I think Mike. This might have been the time when you started calling Thor over. Yeah. I think so. It's funny because, you know. Kim. You had said. Kim. Um. Nightshade. When, when, when Dan, Dan, Dan said, maybe that's why they called you an idiot. And I said, thanks, Dan. And that's when he said, leave him alone. Close. Yeah. And then he said, sorry. And he said, you're not sorry. He Restricted to Dan, let us come back to Do you want the camera on? Carol. Yes. Do you want the camera on? Has a. Uh oh. Up. Ash. You can kind of hear the echo box in the mm-hmm. background too. Look. Around. Just. Carol. Captain. My, my almost sentence is so frustrating right now. It's very rare that they I'm sorry, Ty? I said my almost sentences that I'm saying are mega frustrating to me right now. Like, the, trying to just make, uh, wanting it to spit it out or something. Yeah, you were, you were, you can see it in the video. Like, you're, you're saying things and then, like, you, your hand will just move out, like, come on, what else? Like, 
like you know that there's more to the message there that you're just not hearing. Right. It comes from the background of, like, whenever I do an EVP session, I want it to be conversational and gain knowledge, you know, of, of what's actually happening. And the hard part being under is, like, you're just basically proving that the place is haunted, but not moving the needle of, like, why or what does it want or what can we do. You know, you're just trapped as that filter. So a little frustration there. The um, the other thing that I noticed too, like in that in that clip, there's a lot of like three way conversation. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of you guys kind of playing off each other and playing off what's in the room. Um, so just to give people an idea of what was actually being discussed there, the night before uh, we had gone over to the grist mill and to the duck pond with some people, and we had talked about wanting to go up to Burial Hill, but you're not supposed to go to Burial Hill at night because it closes at dusk. And we did not have permission to be up there ahead of time. Now, I know I always say for people that they should get permission before they do anything, uh, but this in this particular case, you know, I've been up at Burial Hill at night before. I wasn't really that worried about being in trouble. Um, and I knew that we were going to be following the rules. So Stephanie and Ty and myself walked up there because I wanted to make sure, Ty, that you got the chance to, to get up there and see it before, you know, we got too wrapped up on other stuff. So the three of us walked around up there for a little while. And it was very weird because... It was a super weird night. It was, it was like I couldn't find my bearings of a place that I'd been to multiple times. Mm-hmm. I'm getting kind of turned around trying to show you guys certain graves and I can't find where we're going. But we did eventually find Bradford's marker. We did. And you know what's funny is I was joking with Ty. They're like, oh, maybe you drank too much. Um, like, just joking around because I know you had, like, a couple beers. Mm-hmm. but Because I'm like, why can't he find this place? This is so weird. Ty, I don't know if you remember, but when I went to go walk out, I walked out the wrong way. And you were like, no, we have to go this way. So I was even lost and confused because I, I thought I knew the, the way that we walked in, and I didn't. And when um, the next night when we were up there with Jeff and everybody else... I I remember thinking, like, let's walk back down the other way, the way that we originally came up the first night. Because uh-huh. um, there's two different ways to walk in and out. There's more than that. But uh, the two ways that we were using, I said I wanted to walk back out down that way so that way we could just go right into the hotel parking lot and go. We don't have to walk around. And I said, we're going to go this way. This is the way to go. And I ended up walking out the same entrance that we walked in before. So I kept getting lost trying to get out, which was so bizarre. It was very it was weird. Interesting too. That first night that you guys brought me in there, having never been there before, uh, there was a very strange vibe to it all, um, which I personally loved because it felt like Halloween had finally come. Like it was, there was a full moon. I think it was windy, and the old dead leaves, the crispy leaves, were hitting the gravestones, mm-hmm. which was perfect for me. But it also felt like we were very it, much not alone, which is strange for me for a cemetery because. I've rarely been in like a haunted cemetery. You know, that's that's usually the last place that um, I assume spirits tend to stay. Right, but I always tell people, you know, your your past loved ones are not hanging around there waiting. Like, yes, you can go pay respects, and if that's what makes you feel better, that's great. But with 1600s and 1700s, it's sometimes early 1800s. I noticed that there are a lot of spirits that are still attached to graves. And I could probably go on the soapbox rant on why, but our death customs during that time in New England were so bizarre that it almost scared people to cross over. And they still hang out, and they still guard their graves, and it's so creepy. 
I want you to do a lecture on that because the ritual that you had us do to leave the cemetery that night was so respectful and wonderful that I just want to hear all of your research on death customs. I could probably put that together eventually. I would like yeah. to do an entire show on that. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. That's uh, something. I, it's like that weird knowledge that I've had forever that I just don't talk about. You should definitely talk about it and put it in a, like a, an organized thought pattern because this would be amazing to, for, to lecture on is like, you know, here's knowledge from the 1600s to the 1800s of death customs and proper etiquette when um, being in, in these places because the rules are different whenever you're paranormal investigating. You need right. to know. In my lecture, I talk about knowing your surroundings, mm-hmm. and that means, you know, both the structural integrity of where you are but also the esoteric essence of a place, too. I'll make a deal with you. I'll do a lecture on it if you send me those supernatural pictures pictures of Porter that you uh, put together. Oh hell yeah! I'll fix them up better. I'll give a. I'll, I'll make some more for you too. That way, I can put them in my my lecture too, because I just feel like that's going to be a thing from now on. You got it. So absolutely, uh, Porter as Sam Winchester with flowing hair is absolutely <laughs> hilarious. For you. So Matt, don't worry about finding the video for this because it's a real little quick thing I'm going to drop in there. But we were talking about at the beginning of the show how you were on the Bartcast, Stephanie, today, yes. and, and how I told you to praise the Supreme Leader. I, I just want to play this one little cut that came through from Ty while we were doing the Estes Method in Plymouth last okay. weekend. Leave. Bed. Bart. Us. Him. I don't know what that means, but uh, maybe maybe that was uh, the ghost praising Bart L. through Ty. You know what I laughed hysterically at, and I'm so juvenile, but there was one point where Ty said um, something or fart, and like everybody just erupted in laughter. I don't know if you remember saying that, Ty, but I actually laughed out loud when I heard it just because of how raw and real it was, and like you were just so nonchalant saying it. <laughs> trying to figure out what's coming through the headphones I, I, right it's funny what people laugh at because when you're when you have the headphones on you can't hear it um, right so you know you can't engage your audience with what's working and what's not so i mean that's what i guess one of the things i'm excited about listening to the to the playback of this um to see like what people like might have been shocked at because like what was relevant to them and then mm-hmm. it's interesting listening to these clips of people laugh at things that with the headphones on, I would have never thought were funny. Like, like, that's interesting. Tim, if you're looking for it, the the part where I say the balls, like I I touch my face, if that helps, because I know you're just. Yeah. And can we give a shout out to Dan for putting this together? Right. Yeah. Dan is awesome. If anybody needs video, anything, Danny Boy Productions. Just on his own accord, videotapes his whole thing for for us and mostly for the listeners and audience members, but he didn't have to, and we would have been lost to the ether of good storytelling if he hadn't done it. Right. Poor Dan always ends up on like a weird adventure with me, too, and he just looked at me afterwards and was like, I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Like it's okay, just just accept. I know. Uh, <laughs> it was hysterical. I, I that is probably like a common view of everyone that was in the room that night, and I can say that with uh, clout because when we put when we went under, 
there was a handful of people in that group that was going to do it and, and watch us. And I assumed that when that group rotated, they'd pull us out and that would be the end of the night. Right. And then an hour later, I don't know what happened. I'm assuming groups didn't rotate. They just filtered in. They, they did. Um, because was it, how many how many people were in that room, Tim, when we took our our blinders off? Because there was there they had to, to see like this chorus of people surrounding us. Yeah, there, there had to have been over fifty people in the room by the end of it. Mm-hmm. So we went from ten to an hour later. Most people that were investigating. Well, right. part of it was we went kind of over our time. They were supposed to switch. Yeah, but uh, a lot of the people that were upstairs started hearing about what was going on. And what's funny is Zaffa said that they were getting stuff upstairs too at the same time, and some of the stuff was kind of. Uh, syncing up with what we were saying, but he was also getting Ed coming through upstairs, too. Mm. So, very interesting stuff. Uh, Matt, you get that queued up? All right, we're going to end it on the uh, the best part. Really? You found it? I think I did. So, uh, <gasps> we're going to we're gonna play this. Hold on. Sorry, let's, everyone. Let's this see what happens. This is not me. Yeah. Hold on, I'm going to pause. I'm sorry, what was that, Ty? Well, do I have anything to pre-apologize for? Or like kosher during this part? Uh, no, you're, you're actually you're pretty fine. good. Thank God. That's why I filtered stuff. <laughs> so, Matt, drop it back to 3237 if you can. And then we'll, we'll run it from there. All right, here, here we go. This is, this is our last little bit of, uh, Estes Method Echo Vox fun for the night. You had already called Porter at this point, by the way. Yeah. Okay. Touch him. Porter. Touching Porter. Just do it. I'm checking here. Fascinating that. No, no, no. What was that? There. Touch him. I am. He's not here. It's getting awkward now. We're not correct. Right. By the balls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, being the expert videographer that he is, turns the camera yes. around and just gets Porter's face perfectly right yes, at that moment. that was just That's, perfect. Oh, my God, I can't wait to see that. That wasn't so bad. No, yeah. but still, in the moment, it was hysterical. <laughs> I bet, especially the way that Steph says it. Like, it's, again, you saying stuff that you don't like to filter. Yeah. Like, you can tell that you know you should. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I I just felt like I needed to say it, even though, because, I mean, you know, logically thinking, I'm saying touch him, touch him. So I'm like, I know it's pertinent to what I just said, but this is so awkward. So that's why you can hear it in my voice go, by the balls. Like, (laughs) why? I'm still mentally present, and I know the three words that I just said, and I know how this is going to sound. Yeah. So, but if I can recall, if I heard myself right, was Stephanie saying touch him, touch him, but, and I was saying there, yes. there? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yep. I mean, I think that's a sync up, right? Yeah, I would say so. Is. It was definitely an experience. Well, Ty, before- I had reached out with my other hand and pointed directly at the corner <laughs> spot. The time, there you have it. Before we let you go, Ty, I got one last question. Are you going to do it with Echo Vox again? Um, with you guys present, sure, why not? All right, good. <laughs> At least we haven't, we haven't scared you off it completely. Well, thank you for joining us, and thank you for being a guinea pig in this dual Estes Method experiment last weekend. Oh, always further weird with you guys. I appreciate it, and thank you for having me tonight. Take care. Have a great night. You too. And good night, guys.
Bye. And everybody can check out Ty's work with Haunt Me. Just go to the Haunt Me uh, YouTube channel and go to hauntme.com, and you can find out all about their show. Speaking of shows, our show is just about over. Definitely go and watch this entire video. Let us know what you think. Send us an email, spookycrew at spookysouthcoast.com. Let us know what you find to be some of the more interesting parts, maybe some stuff that we might have missed, some stuff that you're hearing going on that we might have not picked up on. And uh, we'll be back next week with an all-new episode of the show. It is going to be Paranormal Christmas. It'll be October when we come back next week. So uh, we'll have plenty of great stuff to talk about, plenty of great events to tell you about, and uh, all the different places where you can come out and see us throughout the course of October and beyond. Beyond. So until next week, uh, and thank you to all the new audience as well. Until next week, we want you all to stay spooktacular.